Carnivorous couch, shit happens once a week It swallows us for two hours when we try to sleep It forces us to watch a film about which we then speak Carnivorous couch With Brady and Rob Hi everybody, hi everybody, and welcome to another episode of Carnivorous Couch. This week we did Ooh, Frame Roger Rabbit from 1988, my favorite film. We have with us Brady Larson and Legrando Calrissian. Say hello, Brady. Hey, Rob. Say Happy hello. almost New Year. Grandy. Hey. Hello. Happy almost New Year to you as well, Brady. Thank you very much uh, for that. That was nice of you to say, that right? That's a good thing to say. And I was trying to... Tidings and good cheer. Or wait, very quickly. something like that. Okay, now, Grandy, you just finished this not an hour ago, right? Yeah. I think you should do the plot synopsis. Because we both watched it last night, so. Oh, so, um, Roger Rabbit is in, uh, is acting in a little thing as the introduction, and then he, uh, he's doing a bad job, and so the director hires a detective to, uh, to take pictures of his wife to, uh, be able to... Uh, cheer him up, or at least get him over his wife. Um, and then the detective got no somebody else do the plot synopsis. Okay, my brain's sc- so uh, Roger's right doing now. that thing, and then uh, this dude Eddie Valiant shows up, and then uh, he goes up to this uh, guy RK Maroon afterwards, and goes like, "Got a problem with your rabbit down there? Can't do the thing? Yeah, yeah, his heart's broken. I need you to go get a couple pictures to wise the rabbit up with." And he goes, "Okay, it'll cost you a hundred bucks." And then Wait, he gets no, his no, he's bucks. not heartbroken. He's too uh, in love. He's over the moon. RK Maroon says, his "Isn't heart's he? Isn't it that he totally trusts Jessica Rabbit?" And that, like, well, the I think the exact line is, um, you know, uh, oh, what's it called? Um, uh, you drop a refrigerator on his head, drop anything you want on his head, and he'll shake it off and break his heart. Yeah, mm. so I thought the plan is to break his heart. Okay, fine. Anyway, moving on, he says he'll pay him 100 bucks to do that, regardless of wh- wh- whatever that is. And then so they go get that, they do that, and uh, he goes and takes the pictures. Turns out he's a drunk, uh, his brother was killed by a tune, and Brady, pick it up from here. Okay, yeah, so... Uh, this is my understanding. Valiant is paid to take photos that will blackmail, uh, that will blackmail. Well, no, not blackmail. Will, well, yeah, in a sense, blackmail Jessica blackmail Rabbit. Blackmail Acme. It, it'll blackmail Acme, but the plan, as far as Valiant knows, because this is a noir, so motives are very murky. Each side has its own angle at what they want. Uh, but to Eddie's eyes, the plan is: I need my rabbit to pull his head out of his ass. He's all moony in the clouds. Show him his wife isn't this pure thing he thinks she is. You mean R.K. Maroon, not Eddie. Eddie's the detective. All right, but to Eddie's eyes, the story that Maroon gives to Eddie, the basically the highest surface facade is, my actor's not performing well enough. You gotta, you know, break him out of his trance. Show him that this hussy is a, is a floozy, and she's been making it with Maroon, and, you know, maybe then he'll give me some good work. Yeah, so he'll dump her and not be upset anymore. Is that why? I thought... It doesn't matter why. It's a noir. Noirs classically don't matter why. Anyway, get past from where I gave it to you. <laughs> okay. So, 
Eddie completes this job, and uh, you know there's a great scene in a uh, a dueling piano bar where we get to see Daffy Duck and Donald Duck duel each other on pianos, and basically every inch of the movie is a big sloppy kiss to movies and animation of all kinds. Uh, but while there, he meets Acme, Marvin Acme, for the first time. And meets Jessica Rabbit for the first time, giving kind of a cabaret number, would you say? Or kind of a, <laughs> a jazzy number. And so then... Jessica Rabbit is banging. Yeah, sh- she's banging. And, you know, Valiant mistakenly believes at first that he's going to go take photographs of a rabbit kissing Marvin Acme. Uh, but it turns out to be a woman. Roger the Rabbit is dating a beautiful, buxom, tall redhead. And so... Valiant gets kicked out of the bar for trying to get into Jessica Rabbit's dressing room to snoop. But while there, while he's tossed out into the alley, he sees through the window that Jessica Rabbit and Marvin Acme are playing patty cake. And, you know, that's supposed to be a a sexual euphemism, but then we come to find it actually is patty cake. But it doesn't matter because the pictures are shown to Roger Rabbit, and in his world, playing patty cake with another man like that is just... It's the number one way to break a guy's heart. It shatters him. He runs off crying into the night. And the last we see of him, he's sitting crying, looking at old photos next to Marvin Acme's warehouse. Eddie goes home. We get some information, some really skillfully exposited information that Eddie had a brother. You know, he goes home. He starts developing photos of uh, him and Dolores, this female character from a tavern who helps him. And then he's developing the patty cake photos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's developing the patty cake. And through looking at those, then he's reminded that he has this relationship that's maybe a little on the rocks. Well, the camera uh, roll was left over from when the, they last went to Catalina. Yeah, correct. And and she says that before when he grabs the camera to do the job. Uh, we left that out. but Obviously, Dolores and Eddie's mm. relationship hasn't been the same since his brother died. Because Eddie has started drinking a lot. Right. But we get a really nice shot of half of the desk covered in dust and, you know... His brother's old detective gear. Turns out they used to be a brother-brother team that exclusively handled tune cases. And they were kind of, you know, in a world that maybe doesn't respect tunes enough, yeah, we're, we're someone who would stand up for them. So we're trying to do the five-minute plot synopsis where we just say exactly what happens. In the oh, but, uh, but that's something they tell us. They tell us, like, there's no justice for tunes ever since you left. Can I finish? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty important. Yeah, I know. We can get to that when we talk more about the film. But we're just trying to say what happens in the scene in five minutes or less. So I'm going to go on from here and try and do that. Uh, <laughs> You're a good closer for the plot synopsis, Rob. Yeah, right? Where were we? Oh, yeah. So Eddie's developing pictures of his brother. Uh, then the next morning he is awoken by a detective friend who's on the force with him, says, hey, look, um, Acme's been cacked by the rabbit. Okay, so he goes to the place, sees a thing, meets this guy, Judge Doom. Judge Doom has a way to kill tunes, which is a new thing. Then Eddie goes back to his apartment, and whoo, Roger Rabbit's there hiding in his Murphy bed uh, because he lumps up into the nail slot after asking the, the grocer, the blah, 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 the bartender, oh, and the liquor store guy who finally knew where Eddie's place was. So now Roger uh, handcuffs himself to Eddie. They have to avoid the weasels who Judge Doom hires, uh, cartoon weasels, in order to be law enforcement. So uh, he manages to do that. They go to um, Dolores's secret room. Judge Doom finds Roger. They almost escape the hideout in the movie theater because um, Judge Doom is basically just convinced and is going to put Roger in the dip. Um, then 
shit. This is a complicated plot. It's very hard to yeah. do in under five minutes. <laughs> um, after that, they figure out that the connection is Cloverleaf is purchasing the red car because they're going to tear down stuff. Uh, and RK Maroon was working with them and sewing them. Basically, they were trying to get their hands on Toontown by getting RK Maroon to blackmail Acme, but then they killed Acme because his will left the tunes to Toontown, and then Maroon was supposed to be able to get his hand on the will. Anyway, uh, turns out Judge Doom is the one behind all this, uh, and then he tries to kill Roger and Jessica because they've all figured it out, and Eddie, and he's going to build a freeway through Toontown by getting the will basically the will not being discovered. And then after that, he also is going to dismantle the red car and everybody will have to drive their cars. So his plan is foiled by Eddie, who puts on a comedy routine, kills all the weasels because they laugh themselves <laughs> to death. And then he is able to save the day and Roger gets all the credit and he is no longer a stick in the mud and kisses Roger Rabbit at the end. Everybody is made whole by this series of events and the town now, Toontown now belongs to the Toons. The end. <laughs> okay. I think that was... De- <laughs> that was hard. Yeah, it's pretty dense. Ten minutes, though. Ten minutes. That wasn't bad. Mm. This is my favorite movie, I will say, before we start. Hey, 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 how do we like it? Brady, how do you like this movie? I love this movie. It's an A movie. You know, I even uh, I remember we did a Zemeckis list recently, and for me, it was really a close race between this and Back to the Future. Back to the Future edged it out, but Robert Roger Rabbit is like, if you look back, just a quick uh, side note: if you look through the Academy Award winners for a lot of the '80s, they had this idea of what made a good movie, of what makes a great movie, uh, that was very self-important and had a lot to do with history. And sometimes it was Amadeus and it was great, but other times it was just, you know, they had this very self-serious way. And looking back, what makes the 80s great, if there are masterpieces to be found in the 80s for me, it's movies like Back to the Future and Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Die Hard and uh, what's another one? Well, Ghostbusters to some. I don't know if I'd put it that high, but it's a good example of kind of what makes the 80s, I think, still stand out and what they'll what they should be remembered for by and large so uh that's a long way of saying i love this movie letter grade hey hey one of zemeckis's masterpieces well well yeah no no sorry yeah fuck yes this movie the future (laughs) this movie is a timeless classic that uh you could watch it anytime you could have watched it in the 50s you could watch it now and it would be an amazing picture to... You couldn't watch it in the 50s. <laughs> no, but if you could watch it in the 50s, it would be an amazing movie, and it would totally ring something to you. Even if you're from the 50s, the 20s, the 60s, try time travelers, all right? Like, so no, yeah. Oh, okay. and could I pose something at you? Something kind of interesting. I mean, I was trying to say how much I liked it, but... Oh, okay, go ahead. Um... The 80s, when it's slapped as a decade, often gets slapped for being too of its time, too, like, 80s-ish, so that it gets dated fast. Interesting well, because that this there weren't movie leg warmers in any other, uh, weren't neon leg warmers in any other decade? <laughs> yeah. Disco, too. But Disco, 70s. Interesting that that oh, decade cool. produces this movie that also is about a specific time, but feels kind of timeless to me. 
Well, that's what I'm saying. Is it, it's it's not set in present day. It's a period piece, but uh, it's set in a fictional land. So you know, even if you watched it, at, like, okay, it's set in the fifties, right? Fifty four. Oh, wait, no, it's in the 40s. No, 47? Yeah, 46, 46, 47. Okay, so 46, 47. If you were from 1946 or 47 and you watched this movie, you'd be like, I can see what they're doing here. Like, you'd be cool with it. If you were from the 1950s, you could be like, see what they're doing here, and you'd be cool with it. You could watch it in 2137, and, like, it would be equally as gratifying to people then. That's what I'm saying. So, uh, timeless classic, can be viewed by anybody and enjoyed. Uh, it'll never wear off because it'll never date itself in the 80s when it was made. Um, perfect movie, perfect plot, perfect resolution. Ace one, two, uh, X one, two, and three are aced, and just just perfectly executed, perfectly done. And there's there's n- absolutely nothing to complain about in this movie, and it is also my favorite movie because of that. <laughs> Very few. People can garner an A plus, but this movie does. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah. <laughs> I I thought the movie was uh, really good as well. Uh, I thought the way that they incorporated all of the uh, the animation with the people, I thought they did it really well, and the. Uh, that wasn't what the movie was about. Like, the actual plot and everything was there as well, which you almost wouldn't expect from a movie that was bringing two things together like that. Uh, so, yeah. I really liked it. I'd give it a solid A. All right. So, that's how we like it. Uh, at this juncture, I think we'll dart off a little bit and do our uh, our newish game called Plotlines. Be right back. Hey, everybody. It's time to play... Bloodlines! Sorry, Grandy got me stoned. (laughs) (laughs) And no part in this. Wait, so (laughs) he's one of my competitors. Wait, I'm stoned. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Oh, my evil plan. You figured it out. All right, stop talking about being stoned because I'm probably not going to leave it in. I tried to be very subtle about um about all the PCP we're on. Yeah, in any substances we're using. And just kind of like we can drink it, the sounds of us doing it can be on there, but we never mention it. Except for have a drink, Eddie. Because it was totally in the It worked well. Just mentioning it without mentioning it. Yeah, and then you handed me an Izzy. It was refreshing. Exactly. Juice. Juice? Do you have any juice? You got a movie yet there, Madeline? I've got two. I'll need more. It's okay. Just look them up one at a time. Okay. What are we playing to? Five. Okay. All right. Is everybody ready for... What's the name of the game again? Plotlines. Is everybody ready for plot lines? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Right. A man who falls in love with the woman who received his wife's heart must decide which woman it is who holds his heart. Oh, I know this one. It's got David Duchovny in it. I just can't remember what it, it is. So Brady, I won't buzz in. 
wild at heart. Nope. Do you want me to read it again? Go ahead, yeah. but I'm not going to remember the okay. title. A man who falls in love with the woman who received his wife's heart must decide which woman it is who holds his heart. Rob. Yes, Half Rob? a heart? Nope. <laughs> Rob, you were right. It does have David Duchovny in it, which is why yeah. I thought of it. I know. I know this movie. I just <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I just don't, don't remember movie. the title. Should I tell you, What Brandy? you're just supposed to say is... Yes, I mean, and let's Grandy. Grandy, do you forfeit? Yeah, I, okay. I don't know it. It's called Return to Me from 2000. Oh, right. All right. All right. Next movie. When a rich woman's ex-husband and the tabloid-type reporter turn up just before her planned remarriage, she begins to learn the truth about herself. Can you read that again? Yes. It's kind of awkwardly worded. I should have read it before I picked it. But when a rich woman's ex-husband and a tabloid-type reporter turn up just before her planned remarriage, she begins to learn the truth about herself. Brady? His girl Friday? No. You're... No. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I have no idea. Oh, man, you guys. This is such a good movie. You're all going to... Slap your foreheads when I tell you. I don't know what it is either. Nobody? Nobody? Right. Philadelphia Story from 1940. I still haven't seen that. What? That's oh true. I, don't I, really, I didn't really get the nuances of that because I was like on account as I was 12 when I saw it. Oh, I was 12 when I saw it and I loved it. We should. Watch yeah, but it. I didn't catch who was who and what they did. Oh, man. I just watched Jimmy Stewart and Catherine Hepburn like act circles around each other and have memorable lines and push Cary each other Grant. in the pool. Cary Grant is great. I know, but Cary Grant wasn't as memorable as Catherine Hepburn and Jimmy Stewart in that movie. Mm. I mean, Cary Grant was in it, and you're like, hey, Cary Grant. But, no, uh, he's really important. He's the, he's the I know he's really important, but that's not what stuck with me. I All just right, right. I was just on the Catherine Hepburn, Jimmy Stewart trolley. Oh, okay. Well, I want Cary Grant. I'll watch uh, that Howard Hawks one with the bonehead comedy with the dinosaur bones. Oh, Bringing Up Baby? Yeah, there we go a good one too if you guys want to do philadelphia story i'd like to be on your show i think that should come up soon we need to get some classics in randy said something old but then he chose to pick one that was new yeah but i've seen pie i know but i'm not old (laughs) pie is older than this year its director still looks like a baby but brady no, no, I know. It's his compared first to film. Francis Ha. <laughs> no, no, I know. I'm just saying. It's it's 20 years old or something like that, right? Oh, uh, what did it, was it? Like mid to late 90s? Was it was it that early? I don't know. All right, are you guys ready? Yes. Yeah. Young lovers Sailor and Lula run from the variety of weirdos that Lula's mom has hired to kill Sailor. Brady. Yes. Sailor Moon. No. (laughs) Robbie? Grandy? Oh, man. Okay, so I picked this one because earlier you said Wild at Heart. Oh, no, and I haven't (laughs) seen it yet. (laughs) (laughs) So this is Wild at Heart, which is a David Lynch movie from 1990. Oh, wait, Rob? Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken. (laughs) That's the horse one. (laughs) 
Am I right? Am I right? Did I get a point? No. Shit. Grandy can still do this. Wild at heart. Brady, talk for a second. Is it me? Talk into the mic. Hi. Hello. What's wrong? You changed your position. No, I didn't. I'm like right up on the thing. If anything, I know. You were further away. Oh. Oh. Can I use this marker and this piece of paper to keep score? Wow. Man, I've been stumping you guys. <laughs> Seriously. I think we've all been getting lucky, man. Um, hello. I mean, we can just start it from here since nobody's gotten it. <laughs> oh, but I picked good movies. Mm-hmm. And I think there was good conversation in there, too. And it sets the precedent for picking Philadelphia Story soon. You should at least include that one. I know. Now it's just all these things we're just raging and fighting about. No, no. Well, you can't turn him down? I can. Just say, hey, can stop screaming at us, Brady. Can you fix it in post? Like six times and cut yeah, those in yeah. periodically. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, is everybody else ready? Everybody ready? Uh, Wait, see. quick, do it while Brady's still drinking and displaying alcohol face. Yes. <laughs> On a post-apocalyptic Earth, a wizard and his fairy folk comrades fight an evil wizard who's using technology in his bid for conquest. Rob? Yeah? Dark Crystal? Nope. Nope. Could you read it again? On a post-apocalyptic Earth, a wizard and his fairy folk comrades fight an evil wizard who's using technology oh, in his one. bid for conquest. I know this now. I think you should be able to I'm stupid. Again. No, I can't. Brady. Sorry, Brady. Oh no. Um, <laughs> Princess Mononoke. No. <laughs> Welcome to the plot lines where I become an idiot. Randy, do you have a guess? Uh, I know I'm wrong, but I'll say Waterworld. But <laughs> no, it was, it was wizards. Drinking pee automatically Post disqualifies you from being a fairy boat. No, it's wizards, and it's the one that uses like found footage of the armies, or Nazis marching and. Yep. Shit, and animatics and all sorts of crazy fucking grace. It's an What's amazing it movie. Wizards. Wizards. You'd really oh. like it, It's Randy. really awesome. It's really wow. imagining. Oh, it's a Bakshi. Yeah, yeah, 1977. Great movie. I'm picking weird ones. I'm sorry, you guys. No, no that's okay. No, that was a really good no, one. No, this is and what it's all about. I probably should have been able to get that. But that's why I think you should be able to buzz in. No, I shouldn't waste my answer. I just figured it was another one of your wacko answer, wacko questions that I didn't know the answer these, to. None of, these are all <laughs> film classics that I'm picking. I know, I I know, but that one was a joke just because one. it's a well, film, you have to give it some time. But <laughs> just because, just because it's a film classic doesn't mean that the that the it will be easy to guess from the IMDb plot line, thing, especially the older and the further back it is, because we didn't watch it firsthand. Well, I'll anything. just confess to straight ignorance on on. Basically, all of these and shamefully well, Philadelphia so on story. Philadelphia story. But I mean, like, like I've seen the Philadelphia story. I mean, okay. For instance, if we um, watch something on uh, a screen and only ever watch it on a screen, it makes less of an impact on us than if we go to an event where, like, they. What's his name? It's mine, isn't it? I was looking for that. 
Um, like when we go see things in the theater, it makes a larger impression on us because it's an event that's happening presently as opposed to what you're watching an old movie. Maybe less so with people with nice, big-ass flat screens. But I don't know. I feel like I remember all the stuff that I watched on my TV at home when I was a little kid the best. Oh, man, I don't. I totally remember what I went to in the theater myself. Anyway, you got another one? Um, no, I'm working on it. Sorry. You guys are... You should have gotten a few by now. This is getting harder. <laughs> um... Sorry, I thought you would have. Somebody would have won by now. Well, you haven't done enough for somebody to win. You haven't done ah, uh, that's true. And that would that would mean that somebody would get five and zero. Oh. Hmm. If we had done five, and you expected somebody to have won by now. I like yours better than our last one because we just got easy. Ross's were a little either like totally really really easy. Spider-Man two. Or like, or like. Although you did get Dancer in the Dark. No. Brady won that one pretty handily, didn't she? No, you won it. No, I, I won it. No, uh, Grandy oh, won the Dancer cool. in the Dark one. Oh, he no, he won the... Yeah, oh yeah, no, Grandy got Dancer in the Dark. Yeah, no. I've never heard of Dancer in the Dark in my life. Oh, man, I really want to watch it because I love Bjork, but oh, I also wait, don't no, want to watch it because I love Bjork and I'm going to cry that's the whole like, time. Peter's like, I have no idea what... And that's Gaslight. Oh, did you cheat on that? Uh, I wrote that because I've never seen Gaslight. Yeah, but you knew it was Gaslight somehow. Yeah, I cheated. Well, <laughs> I didn't realize that I said I cheated. You're making crazy after. noises, Rob. Well, yeah, but we're not recording. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm going to cut all this out. You're just saying okay. we're not recording. Oh. I mean, we're recording. Too easy. But maybe, okay, I'm going to throw you guys a bone. Well, I mean, like, the other half of it is that, like, if somebody buzzes in three words into what you're saying... It's true. They All can right. do it that way. Okay, hands on buzzers, boys. Producers, Max Bialyshock. Brady, <laughs> the producers. I tried to say, <laughs> I tried to say the title <laughs> instead of my name. Producers. <laughs> <laughs> producers. See, if if I had just said Rob, I probably would have beaten Brady because it's only one syllable. All right, Brady won one. Wow, I kind of lucked into that one. <laughs> If I had just been like, Rob, I totally would have beat Brady out of your mouth. Yeah, you do have a really quick buzzer. Yeah, actually, I think when the on the Corolla show when they played this, Adam calls himself Pete just because <laughs> like he couldn't he couldn't get Adam out of his mouth fast enough to com <laughs> compare with uh, Bald Brian or Allison just because the consonants don't hit hard enough, I think. Okay, I have another fairly easy one, maybe. Actually. Sorry. Um, All right. At the end of his career, a clueless fashion model is brainwashed to kill the Prime Minister Brady. of Malaysia. Zoolander. You got it. Oh, I wouldn't have gotten that one. When she said brainwash, I was going to be like, Manchurian Candidate! <laughs> isn't, isn't it like a spoof of the Manchurian Candidate? I guess so. Male models? I yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, I've never seen Zoolander, I don't think. Yeah, I think I watched funny. half it's of got it. David Duchovny once and, and David Bowie like it. in it. <laughs> what more can you ask for in a film? Less Ben Stiller. <laughs> 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 I 
I like Ben Stiller sometimes. I don't think I liked him in Zoolander, though. Oh, he's really funny in Zoolander. And it's got Owen Wilson. I like Owen Wilson. Ping pong! Um, he was good in Tenenbaums, and apparently he's really good in Greenberg. But I still need to see that. I would think so. Got another one, Maddie? I'm working on it. Like, things that you would think that are really obvious classics don't register as well. Like, uh, I think when Ross was reading Mary Poppins, it didn't register for most people. Oh, wow. Or, like, you know, stuff like The Pianist or whatever. Like, you know, just, like, really memorable movies. Mm. If you pick something that's just totally, like, on the nose, usually, as long as it doesn't have the name of the character in it, it doesn't read as obviously as you would think. Like, if you do Butch Cassidy yeah. and the Sundance Kid, like, it would be hard. Yeah. Okay. After inadvertently wreaking havoc on the elf community due to his ungainly size. Elf. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, I, I, wasn't that last week? <laughs> Didn't we have that one? Did you have that one last week? I don't Sorry. think oh, so. Oh, no, no, that was on Kurosh. <laughs> oh, was it? <laughs> it's that time of year. Yeah. Um, so Brady's got two. Three, I think. How many do you have so far, Rob? None. I'm tied for second. <laughs> I think I have three. I think you have two. What are your three? At least um, Elf? Yeah, okay. Elf and then... Uh, hold on. Producers? <laughs> the producers, yeah. And? And also... The Zoolander. Oh, Zoolander. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he has two. Have you got another one? Mm, no, because this one is really... This one gives it away in the title. Um. <laughs> Dino Roar. He likes to Toot? do drawings of you and uh. then take little pieces of paper and draw you on them and then roll them up and put sausages inside them and call you a sausage munter. <laughs> yeah, he's actually very deeply deserved. He says he loves you, <laughs> but he doesn't. He thinks you're a sausage munter. <laughs> See, he wrote it there on the wall. Cock muncher. It's written there. And Marco. Mark's very disturbed. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's Robert oh. Webb sabotaging Mark Corrigan's relationship with that chick. Oh. Okay. When two escaping American World War II prisoners are killed, the German POW camp barracks black marketer J.J. Sefton is suspected of being an informer. Brady? Stog 17? You got it. Oh. From 1953. What is it? Stalog 17. It's a World War II movie. My drama teacher, Mr. Stratton, was in a production of it when I was in high school, and I went to go see it. It was pretty four good. Four to zero to zero spells 400, which is how many points I have in life. 400 points. I think you lost a point. You each have 102. track of your points, Rob. 
That's that 300. That's a perfect points. bowling match. So I gained those points back. Uh, double time, actually. So I think you might be at 401 now. Congratulations on earning another one. Thank you, sir. I don't like odd numbers. Maybe I'd earn <laughs> another one. <laughs> Good uh, luck. <laughs> marvelous. So we need to... Well, are we still... Do we need to send our understudy off? Yeah, no, you're, no, well, you're four zero. Oh, you I need five. Assume you're gonna, uh, need oh. Well, let's do one more. Do I need five? We need to do however many more it takes for Brady to win. Well, I have four. Is that enough? Five is the limit. Okay, five. <laughs> Don't go without me. Because I got to go without you. <laughs> it doesn't seem fair. We're going without you, Rob. Yeah. Uh-huh. As long as he's in that. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm picking such weird movies. No, no, it's fine. Any movie you name, regardless of how well known it is. Yeah, I probably haven't seen it. And I haven't watched that many in my day. Yeah. Maybe I should. Picking all old movies. I only name old movies. I wouldn't do much better. had enough. Wham. That <laughs> <sucks>. <laughs> what, happened? what happened? I was leaning around the oh, microphone. Rob fine. needs another beer, Brady. Can you, uh, I got my beer with my uh, shirt. It's over on my left. Oh, no. Can I borrow your shirt? Well, is that not what mm-hmm. I thought it was? Your inner shirt's not as clear as I expected, Rob. Here, let me get you a beer then. Uh, this one? Oh. Nice to have wooden floors. Yeah. Yep. Perfect for kitty annoyance. I like it that we don't have any. Thank you so much for that. It's on the stairs. And dogs like peeing and pooping on carpets. Uh, Fortunately, Kenobi's never gone in the bathroom. So I just need a towel down in the middle of the room to stand on. I imagine when he was a young puppy, somebody tried to teach him how to pee on a keypad. Mm. That's probably a good explanation. I really should use my mouse for some things sometimes. Yeah, he's gotta go, he's gotta go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we 
Oh, uh, Grady, would you pass me the opener? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Do that accent again? What? that Robbie paused it? Nope. You didn't want to listen to all that dead space? I didn't pause it. Maddie, are you ready? Uh, yeah. Is everybody else ready? Oh, you're in sharp sneakers. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Can I go? Yes. All right. A man is reunited with a mermaid who saves him from drowning as a boy Rob. and falls in love. Yes. Oh, no. I had this right, but that I've just got the title mixed up now. Because I was going to say Splash, which I know it not is not. Okay, it is. <laughs> well, no, go with your second. <laughs> your, what you really thought Wait, was. Yeah. So what's right your one. answer, Rob? <laughs> yeah. Splash with Daryl Hannah. <laughs> yep. Uh, I thought that was about the vegetable store grocer, though. And Tom Hanks. Good job, Rob. Wait, he is a vegetable store grocer. Okay. I, I totally got confused. Splash. Uh-oh, Brady. He's coming for you. Mm-hmm. Where's the one you got me, Brady? Oh, there it is. Can you give it to me? Yeah. Because if I try to get out from here and, and try to get back in again. Okay. A land baron tries to reconnect with his two daughters after his wife is seriously Rob. injured. Yes. Um, um, uh, I know we're gonna need a timer Jane next Jane Austen thing. Is that what you really? <laughs> Brian Prejudice. Nope. Nope. Uh, could you read okay. it again? A land baron tries to reconnect with his two daughters after his wife is seriously injured in a boating accident. A land baron. It doesn't say what year it is in the description. Mm-mm. Oh, no. Oh, Brady. Yeah. The Descendants. Yeah. <laughs> Land Baron. Oh, so old-timey. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, like, I didn't even listen to the rest him? of it. I just heard a Land Baron, and I'm like, oh, it must be Pride and Prejudice. There aren't any Land Barons in Pride and Prejudice, It was really. the person who... There's Dawson was a Land Baron, wasn't there's he? There's Land Owners, but there are no Barons. <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference? George Clooney uh, is always a baron. Yes. Barons also In gravity, rule he is the baron the of space. <laughs> baron von space. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. So Brady won. Brady oh, baron's wins. kind of like your yeah. landlord. If you had one. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. We're back. That was a fun little game we just done, 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 did there. The dairy there. Um, now we're back for a segment we like to call What's It All About? 
So, Brady, what's this movie all about? This movie is about um, just a big love letter to movies, but also because um, there's always a, a little cool subtext to Zemeckis, but it's not the kind of subtext that's like some kind of deep philosophical thing. What it is is I think what maybe James Cameron gets a little bit of credit for, but I think Zemeckis deserves like even more. Using technology in a smart way that kind of pays homage to the possibility of movies. I think this movie is about the history, but also about a new way forward. It was a huge technological leap during its time, in uh, 1988 when it came out. And uh, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it makes me think of the uh, ending credit sequence from uh, WALL-E, where you've got, you know, all this technology, but used to depict these different, like, art forms throughout time. And kind of this, uh, it kind of supports this idea that technology can be used to create something really sweet and uh, intelligent about art. I think it's a movie about art. And, uh, yeah, it's just, and it's just loaded with humorous gags. Like, I love when he fires the bullets and uh, they go the wrong way and he calls them dum-dums. It's just laced with puns and plays on word. It's it's a smart damn movie. And it has turns into, like, really deep emotion, too. So it's not just a clever uh, gas. Uh, yeah. I have to say, I still don't get the dum-dum thing. Th- dum-dums are a kind of bullets. I, I don't know my bullets very well. They might be the exploding kind. You mean hollow points? Well, but they've had exploding kinds before they had hollow points, I think. I thought they were just the candies that you got. That are chewy and mostly tasteless. We'll have to look this up. I thought there Those were are dum dums, but all right, I'm not crazy. Got it. Yeah, no, I, I know the lollipops, the little tiny <laughs> shitty lollipops. That they're not lollipops. hundred they, they yeah, are lollipops. They're gummies. No, no they're, they're lollipops. lollipops. What are the ones? Oh, I'm thinking dots. Oh yeah, dots. Those are horrible. They get yeah, stuck in your teeth. Yeah, those are horrible. <laughs> and dum dums do have flavor. Yeah, dum dums do. Dots don't. I think Tess loves dots. They're fucking horrible. You don't care. <laughs> so you were talking about what this was about, and I interrupted you. Oh, no, that's okay. Um, so, yeah, no, this is about um, – it's obviously a very specific story, um, and I think that makes it easy to follow and kind of universal and cool. But, yeah, I think underneath it all, it's uh, it's a chance to really play with movies. It's It has a lot of fun with what movies are about and kind of, yeah, lacing new new possibilities into old forms. Well, um, dum-dums are, is informally known as a dum-dum or a dum-dum bullet. The two typical designs are the hollow point bullet and the dot, 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 because uh, the article didn't load. <laughs> but it looks like Give me the right. dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah, right. Rob, I told you not to order your bullets <laughs> until the phone loads. That's Just right. give me a loading and shut up. <laughs> At any rate, uh, what do I think this movie is all about? Uh, this movie is about the the passing of pure times uh, by the efforts of those who are corrupt. And I guess it's hopeful in that uh, it hopes that the pureness uh, will be the thing that battles with the corruption, and hopefully perseveres. Which I think was uh, something politically that we very much thought of in the 80s. Abandoned in the 90s for the newfound fresh money that was flowing into West Egg. And um, basically have all but forgotten that it's even a possibility in the aughts. 
and now in the teens, we're hopefully just going to discard that entire uh, hierarchy of uh, belief, period. But the way the movie plays with uh, the corrupt forces trying to destroy Toontown, the happiest place on Earth, and build a freeway over it so that it can have a string of gas stations and billboards and outlet malls, which happened. And uh, I guess that was happening in the 80s. And so uh, maybe that's what that movie was commenting on. But the world we live in now, you know, 23 years later, 20, 25 years later, is um, it's basically uh, it's been conquered. It's very sad. <laughs> People should have listened to their warning. But yeah, um this movie's a joy. <laughs> but this movie is hopeful that uh you know the good things will persevere. But they won't. <laughs> I mean, I think I think we now know that they don't and that that's the world we live in now and you know, we're just like uh, 5 years away from children to men here. Movies persevere, art perseveres. Oh yeah. But uh the idea that this movie presents no longer that that optimism is no longer present in the world. Anyway, what do you think this movie's about, Grandy? Uh well you guys uh <coughs> you guys kinda said it. Please don't say you agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most dismal possible. <laughs> <laughs> well you're you're not wrong though. There were definitely hints of that in there. Um Uh, and yeah, it w- I thought it was just like a great, fun uh, movie with lots of laughs. Like almost everything everyone said was like almost kind of hilarious. Funny. At least like their conversations. Yeah, uh, but yeah, just all in all, a uh, really fun movie. All right, I guess that wraps up what's it all about. But. Uh Brady, got any particular things you want to talk about? Notes? Things that you noted while watching the film? Grandy, do you have the same? Oh, yeah. Uh, any possible things? I didn't note uh, anything. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I sense some meat in kind of this, uh, <laughs> kind of the divide between the more sinister aspect of this movie, which is, that it's rooted in a, a very upsetting, sad, true story uh, about the fact that, like, uh, L.A., L.A., huge city, much in need of a good transit system, which it does not have, once had, you know, a really good light rail system, and that was destroyed by the auto companies, like, as a deliberate act to, like, c- kind of, you know, when, when commerce just, like, deliberately fucks a thing up. Like, it's not just progress anymore. It's, like... It's going backwards. Um, so that, and then this more hopeful aspect of how funny and cheery it is and, and how it is very much in love with art itself, I think, and, and with animation. It certainly is making a big call for, like, even in, even the very simple message is, like, treat tunes better. Like, you know, animation's awesome. Give that medium more respect. So that its way about art is very optimistic, but, yeah, the true story that underlies it is nothing short of tragic in my book. So how do we reconcile those? Have a drink, Eddie. Don't mind if I do. 
but I don't work for peanuts. I know, but uh, that's how you reconcile it. It's how we deal with things now, you know? We're kind of full circle back to the 40s. Yeah, maybe. Maybe the... We're not even in our 40s yet, but somehow... All right, can I try to thread the needle of optimism and pessimism? All right, camel, walk through it. <laughs> maybe, like, we can do nothing more than just make art to thread ourselves through the precarious straits of the times. Like, and and maybe the movie even under it, the surface is saying, like, well, it, well, no, I think this movie is actually very hopeful. But, yeah, maybe you're right. Like, art can't really fix that much in practical terms but maybe you know it's a it's a hopeful act and so there's meaning in a hopeful act against against <laughs> dismal realities i think i want to talk about a couple shots uh you made the mention in the plot synopsis about the uh the dusty chair oh yeah half it's the desk was covered in dust because that's where his uh, brother used to sit roger rabbit grabs mm-hmm. his um brother's chair and his fingers wipe off some of the dust. And Roger Rabbit is also the uh, cata- um, the catalyst, basically, for Eddie's transformation from the sullen, uh, never going to get over the loss of his brother, alcoholic, to the person who wants to live again and, you know, be worthwhile again. In the course of this movie, Eddie stops drinking and stops being such a sourpuss and you know, has something to live for, and Dolores seems kind of happy about it, actually, by the end. Um, so, uh, yeah, that shot kind of foreshadows that entire transformation, which is basically uh, where the protagonist and the antagonist end up. Yeah, it does do that. And, and But aside from that, even, what it does that I can always appreciate, and granted, I'm a guy who likes really pretty monologues, like, don't cut any of my pretty monologues out if they're good. But there's definitely something to be said for good visual exposition. And we get a lot of information with no words said in that scene. Yeah, it's weird because normally, uh, well, I mean, I'm planning on making a film here and I'm thinking about all this stuff. And I'm like, well, I ain't going to have no stars in my movie. It's all going to be my friends. So I better not rely on acting. So all I'm thinking about is pictures. And uh, Zemeckis does that very well for the most part. I feel like he leans too much on his actors when he hires people who are kind of blowhardy and spotlighty takey. Yeah, I mean, but I love I love a lot of Zemeckis' performances, including uh, Bob Hoskins in this. Oh yeah, no, it's great. But I mean, Bob Hoskins isn't like showbody. He's never been showbody. Like he's never been like nah. uh, the film's never been all about him. He's like, a super professional British actor, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> in fact, like you know, I might even say that there are moments when I do find Lloyd showboaty in this. Because uh, Lloyd, obviously, is a very indulgent, over-the-top actor. We also care deeply for. Granty, do you have anything in particular you want to talk about? Uh, no, nothing in particular. The whole movie was kind of just like a, woo. Well, I mean, we have to say that the effects are amazing. Yeah, no, no, incredible. Like, like the use of, of robots and, uh, you know, kind of double, um, double, uh, double exposures where we removed 
you know, like if something was on strings or whatever, in order to make it look like a cartoon was holding it, they just removed the section of the film that had the strings. Were the gun the that uh, towards the end of the movie when when the weasels the weasels had the, the guns, guns were those guns all on strings? Yeah, something like that. Either on strings or on posts or uh, in the hands of puppeteers who were doing it on strings above or something like that. Mm. And like the trays for the little penguins were being carried by robots on tracks. Huh. Yeah, Tess brought that up when we were watching it. She watched it with us, but she's not here because she's uh, sleepy and tired and other things as well. (laughs) Yes. Um... All right, so I mean, we're we're done. Are you done? Are you done? Yeah. How how the movie make you feel? How do you feel in the end? I love this movie, and every time I watch it, I'm like, it's still so good, and I remember all of it. <laughs> so good. <laughs> all right, every, everyone say something nice. Let's just like Roger Rabbit, we return to a bright, sunny world with a big, smiling sun singing to us. Music's amazing too. It is. I agree. Alvin, Alan Silvestri, is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I was actually thinking of the songs as you said that. But, yeah, Silvestri's score. I had a full CD of his work with Zemeckis because they've got a partnership like Spielberg and John Williams kind of. Um, and, and, yeah, he's done so many good scores. And I love this one. Anyway, yeah. Um, also, the Game Boy game of this is very good. Yeah. Very good. This movie's a, a wonderful ray of sunshine. It's like a four out of five from GamePro on like most, most of its aspects. It's very controllable, had great graphics, good sound, good music. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're <laughs> trying to do a podcast on the video game now. Uh, that's all about all I had to say about the video game. It was almost as little as I had to say about the film. <laughs> <laughs> That was me doing Stephen Wright. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's uh let's uh go to our understudy. Study under it. We're so sorry we couldn't get the actors to do the scene from this screenplay, but we've got two understudies, and to be honest. They're probably more famous anyway, so try to guess the actors, try to guess the movies. Tweet us at C-A-R-N-Y Couch. This game called Understudy is happening, happening, happening right now. How are you doing there, Stan? How are you, Wade? Good to see you again, Jerry. If these numbers are right, this looks pretty sweet. Oh, these numbers are right? Blame me. This is doable. Yeah, congratulations, Jerry. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. It's a uh, pretty What kind of finder's fee are you looking for? Huh? The financials are pretty thorough, so the only thing we don't know is your fee. My fee? Wait, what the heck are you talking about? Wait, aren't I, Jerry? Oh. Yes. Okay. My fee? Wait, what are you talking about, mate? Stan and I are okay. Yeah? We're good to loan in. Yeah? 
but we never talked about your fee for bringing it to us. No, but wait, see, I was bringing you this deal to loan me the money out to put in. It's my deal. See? Jerry, we thought you were bringing us an investment. Yeah, right. You're saying, what are you saying? You're saying that we put in all the money and you collect what it pays off. No, no. I'd see I'd pay you lot back the principal and the interest. Heck, I'd go one over prime. We're not a bank, Jerry. What well, the heck, Jerry? If I wanted bank interest on 750,000, I'd go to Midwest Federal. Talk about uh, Bill Dell. He's at North Star. He's at... Well... Wait, I'm Jerry, sorry. You say he He's at... No, see... I don't need a finder's fee. I need a finder's... What? 10%? Heck, that's... That's not going to do it for me, Mark. It, I need the principal. Jerry, we're, we're not just going to give you $750,000. What the heck are you thinking? Heck, if 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 I'm only getting back interest, I'd look for complete security. Heck, FDIC, and I don't see nothing like that here. What? Oh, uh, what the heck are you thinking? Heck, if I'm only getting bank interest, I'd look to com- for complete security. Heck, FDIC, I don't see nothing like that here. Yeah, but. I'd okay. I would. Um, I'd guarantee you your money back. I'm not talking about your damn word, Jerry. Cause what the heck are you? Well, look, I I don't want to cut you out of this loop, but his here's a good deal. I assume if you're not interested, you won't mind if we move on independently. That was undecided. Tweet us your answer at C-A-R-N-Y Couch. Hi, hi, hi. That was our episode, uh, understudy. Yeah. That was fun. That was cool. Um, uh, yeah. So we're going to decide what movie we're going to do next week? Yes. What movie do you want to do next week? Hmm. You go first. Oh, really? Um, we should do pie. Spelled P-I-E. Wait, I thought it was spelled P-I. No, we're not doing Magnum P-I. Come on. Is this the Aronofsky pie? Yeah. Yeah, it's pie, like the symbol. I know, but I wish it was spelled with an E. Uh, yeah, it would probably be a happier movie. Yeah, I know. There would be lots of pie to eat in it, and it would be great. Um, so, yeah, that's my suggestion for next week. Grandy, do you have one? Uh, I was thinking about it earlier, and... Um <laughs> I didn't come up with one. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like, about that earlier, and uh, I stopped before I came up with anything useful. <laughs> yeah, uh, something old, I think. Brady? 
Okay, I recommend something new, but with an old feel. Um, and because I still want Rob to see more of this year's movies, and this one is really good and kind of speaks to uh, youngish people like ourselves, I'm recommending this year's Francis Ha, uh, starring Greta Gerwig, and also featuring behind directing... Can, can we get that? I have it on okay. my hard drive. And it features a director or writer you like. It's Bombach, and it's Bombach's best, I think. It's supposed to be really good. I recommend it highly. Grandy, which do you think we should do? What'd you say? Aronofsky Pie. Oh, pie. Yeah. It's a fucking really cool movie, and since I'm going to shoot in black and white, 16 millimeter, I kind of wanted to see it again. And it stars Hector Salamanca. It's true. It's a hard choice. But, uh. They're both black and white, actually. <laughs> oh. But is your 16 mil? It's not nearly as hard than Brady. Oh, okay. That's what we're doing next week. All right, Francis Ha. Look at that. Carnivorous couch, it happens once a week It swallows us for two hours when we try to sleep It forces us to watch a film about which we then speak Carnivorous couch With Brady and Rob Drinking pee automatically disqualifies you from being a fairy poop.